Morning Liberty. Well, hello there and welcome back to the Good Morning Liberty podcast. My name is Nate and right next to me is... I'm kind of across from you. Yeah, across from me. I don't know. Name's Chuck. Hey, what's up, Chuck? How you doing? Well, some people call me Charlie, um, Charles. It doesn't matter. Depends on who you're talking to, right? Yeah. Whether or not you want to be a professional, you can be Charles. What's on my name badge? Yeah. Yeah. So this is our podcast where we talk about liberty, the free market, how we are going to return the United States to a true, true free market economy. That's our goal. So we're going to talk a little bit about some foreign aid and some of this whole impeachment thing that's going on with Trump. But first, the steal from Ben Shapiro. But first, <laughs> we have to tell you to subscribe to the podcast. Charlie, why would you want to do that? Well, you know, there's a great little button called subscribe where every single day you ask yourself, man, I really love that Good Morning Liberty podcast. Uh, I wonder if I have to search for it again. Well, no, you don't because you're on it right now. All you got to do is hit that subscribe button and you'll get every single episode sent directly to your favorite podcasting listening device, which more than likely is your phone. Uh, I believe I, I listen to all my podcasts on the phone. I can't tell you a single podcast I go to a website to listen to. No, most all. people do not uh, download MP3s anymore and load it to their MP3 player for later. Maybe a lot of people don't even know what that is that are listening to they this. They may not, actually. Hey, listen up, kiddos. It used it was, to be a lot harder than it is right now. Okay, A lot more difficult. Back when we had the, you know, we used to have to print records for people to listen to our podcast. And uh, it would be a lot harder to distribute. But now that we've got this beautiful podcast platform called Anchor, uh, we can do this really easily. So you hit that subscribe button. That's what I'm trying to say. Is Trump going to get impeached? I don't know. <laughs> I, th- I think I think technically he will. Like I, technically the House is going to well, impeach yeah. him. I think the House will, you know? will impeach him and the Senate probably won't confirm that. Yeah, I don't, I don't think. Two thirds of the Senate. I mean, that's a lot. Yeah, that's that's a lot. They're not going to hit that. They'd have a lot of Republicans that would have to cross over to that. And um, to kind of borrow from the old uh, the old Jason Stapleton program, uh, he also said there's no way that those Republicans are going to do that in an election year for a lot of them. Like the, they're just not going to do it. Right. So it'd be political suicide. Just our quick recap on this: like they're they're going to impeach him in the House, but the Senate is not going to confirm that. And so, like all other impeachments that have ever taken place in United States history, they will not fully remove the president from office. That has never happened. The, the only one that would have exceeded was Nixon. Yeah. He resigned. Yeah, so the an, an actual impeachment has never removed a president from office. So I, th- I think it's important for people to realize that because I think a lot of Democrats, and maybe who just don't know a whole lot about the way that our government works and they didn't pay attention in civics class very much but i think a lot of people in our country think that if you impeach someone that that means that they're removed from office so we could potentially see the re-election of an impeached president that Mm -hmm. would be very interesting that might be the first time that that's happened that would be interesting yeah so i mean do you think he'd still win if he gets if he does have this impeachment tag on him that might that would be crazy. I know. I know it's it's never happened. No. <laughs> Literally, he's been impeached. I didn't even think about that. Yeah. So you're going to have the a, House votes to impeach him. What if the, what actually if uh, if the Senate confirms it and they remove him from office, it, he's he's allowed to run again. I, I guess he could. I don't yeah. know what the rules are on that. To tell you the truth, there I don't think there are. I guess according it, to the Constitution. I guess it would depend on whether or not they're going to 
do any criminal proceedings afterwards. Yeah, but, but even uh, if you are, you can run from president from prison. Yeah. So <laughs> I, I'm serious. I don't think there's any laws against that. Oh, just hit the old campaign trail <laughs> right down Graybar Alley. You just have to have uh, uh, Trump Jr. run all of his rallies for him. I guess so. So Elect my dad. This will be weird, but we have this... This thing with Ukraine obviously going on. Listen, what I want to talk about first, though, is is some people have brought up some good points. Like, why don't they? Why haven't we, you know, supported or tried to go after impeachment for like, um, you know, uh, breaking the law on your on your surveillance rights? Mm, Because that just keeps us safe. Why haven't we uh, impeached presidents for war crimes or or anything like that? Yeah, you could. You can make a stronger case that there's potential war crimes. Yeah, this than there are anything else. I've heard people, obviously, on the Republican side of the aisle, but they've said like, if this gets a president impeached, then like every past president could have been impeached. Mm-hmm. So it's and you know this whole idea. I was going to say, first off, I I just don't follow. I don't follow like the daily politics news like the actual like bickering back and forth and all the little political games that are going on we obviously focus a lot more on economics and like the debt and and all of those things like the things that are much bigger issues like that really affect your life so like I, I wasn't yeah daily i wasn't following up on the Mueller report no no yeah. i i did i honestly just couldn't care less about the Mueller report when it was going on we talked about it some because we had to because we do this and i'm pretty sure our conclusion was they're not gonna there's gonna be nothing yeah they're and not gonna exactly do anything. what happened yeah <laughs> yeah if 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 there was like a smoking gun it would have came out with all the news reports and everything you know just like right now i mean They've got the transcript of the call. They've got the whistleblower's testimony, which is hilarious. The fact the whistleblower's testimony, he didn't even see the transcript of the call. He wasn't even present for he the call. He wasn't present for the call. He was told by someone else what happened on the call. Right. And that's what the whistleblower's testimony is from, is what he was told what happened on the call. So In they, legal terms, that's called hearsay. Yeah, so <laughs> li- literally hearsay. Yeah. So uh, they were playing a game of telephone, right? Right. So, um, <laughs> like if the police questioned you, you'd be like, well, uh, I wasn't there, but yeah. Nate told me. Yeah. Well, seriously, I mean, he's a trustworthy source. I heard from a witness over there yeah. that this happened. So And that guy had a gun. Did they, you see him have a gun? No, but somebody told me that he had one, he so I know that he did. You're going to testify in court that <laughs> someone told you that something happened. It's kind of crazy. Yeah, so the funny thing was they, they uh, Trump kind of... You know, jumped in front of it and released the transcript of the call before the wit- before the uh, whistleblower's uh, report came out, which was which was kind of funny because then you already had the transcript of the call, and then you had the whistleblower saying all these things that were on the call that literally literally weren't in there. Right. So that you know, this might just literally be nothing that that's happening right now. That it, it could actually be yeah. nothing. I will say, presidents trying to. Um, solicit foreign intelligence. Yeah, but I was going to on s- an American citizen is not right. I was going to say he was trying to get information on what Biden had done in Ukraine in business dealings yeah. for, with his son. His son, yeah. So you know, he wasn't trying to like tap any phones in the U.S. or try to go through. Any, he was just asking their government if they had any they kind of continue, information. Yeah, continue the prosecution and basically, you know. 
this whole holding the money over their head to get them to do what you want, I mean, that's literally the federal government's job all the time. Like, that's what they do for everything. So they do to the states. Yeah. They take money from the states, and then they say, you have to adhere to this, this, and this. And if you don't, then we're not going to give you the money back. It's literally the main job of the government is to take money from people and then hold it over their head to get them to do what they want. That's what they do all the time. So when I heard this, like, oh, he was holding it away from Ukraine, first off, I was like, why the heck is some of my money going to Ukraine? Right. First off, like that was my first thing, and then I was like, well, I mean, okay, this is what they always do. The, well, you don't, you don't help, you don't believe in helping poor people. You right? don't think there's strings attached to every piece of foreign aid that we give out everywhere? Yeah, there has to be. Like, you don't think there's something in return for that everywhere? So I don't know. This, I'm not saying what he, if he did this, that it was right. I'm just saying. Uh, if, like some people have said, if this gets you impeached, then like nearly everything that every president does is is a grounds for impeachment almost because it's like the job of the federal government to do this. And then you have to look at the other side, too, and say if if the left is able to accomplish their goal, they've been trying to get Donald Trump impeached since he took office. Yeah. And so it doesn't set a dangerous precedent that says if... You don't, if we don't agree with the president, we can just get him impeached. And, and, and if you don't agree with our ideology, we'll just, we'll do whatever we want to you. Yeah. I mean, I think this is kind of a, another manifestation of that ideology. You know, they shut down speech and they shut down people that disagree with them all over the country. That's mm-hmm. just part of what that ideology does. If they get enough of them. And I think that's part of my skepticism on this is that I know that this ideology leads to you just deciding to silence people and to get rid of them. Obviously, he can get rid of them due to a vote, due to losing the election. So now they're just trying to do everything they can to get rid of someone that they disagree with. So that's part of my skepticism on mm-hmm. this. You know that, and and you have to play that side out. Yeah, because you don't know if that's true or not. Yeah, but. and and technically Trump is innocent right now until they've proven that he's guilty. So right. that's the standpoint that I have to argue from. Yep. So I don't know. So uh, you know this money you, being given. I was going to say you mentioned yeah. a good point there. Why is Ukraine receiving three hundred million dollars from the U.S. to begin with? I I'm not sure. And uh, by the way, this is kind of a funny side note on this whole Trump and Russia in bed together thing. Um, Russia has obviously been trying to move in on Ukraine for a long time. So why was Trump going to give money to Ukraine anyway? I mean, that would specifically be against his love of Putin, right? Yeah, because um, it was for uh, weapons of war. Yeah, I mean, it was so they could defend themselves from Russia, yeah. basically. Ja- javelin missiles, right? So, yeah. Um, so that kind of, I don't know, that kind of hurts that idea. But why do we take money? The First off, we don't like taxation in the first place. It's already bad. It's already a bad yeah. thing. Regardless, if you take my money and you give it to someone else in my neighborhood, I don't like it. But like now... Not that you don't like your neighborhood. No. No, it's just I want to give that money. To your you neighborhood know, freely. Yeah, I'll do a better job than the government will. Right. So, you know, why is that money being taken and given to foreign governments it doesn't even go directly to the people you know it's not as if they're just dis- distributing a billion dollars evenly throughout throughout these other countries and helping poor people like they're giving it to the um potentially very corrupt governments in those countries mm-hmm. um so 
it's a you know it's just not something that that I agree with. Like, do you like foreign aid? Um, no, no. no. I like helping people. But yeah, I don't think the United States government should be responsible for taking our money and giving it to other foreign powers. Because, yeah. like you said, it's not actually going to the people. I think you can make a better case for humanitarian aid. Like that would be more difficult to argue against. Um, even though it's still wrong, right, to take money from somebody and give it for a humanitarian need. Yeah. But uh, you can make a better case for that. Yeah. So but I wanted if, to figure out what how much money this has been. So right. just so you know, you can go back and see how much money we've given in foreign aid to other governments. You can go all the way back to the 1940s. Uh, so I wanted to do this today. I wanted to figure out how much of our money has been given to other people. Um, and this is all going to be just, you know, in constant dollars. Like when we talk about the money, it's in today's money. Not uh, adjusted for inflation or anything yeah, like that, all which the way would be back. way higher. Yeah, which, which no, no, that is adjusted for inflation. Oh, okay. Yeah, So, and it's important to do that because if you just say, well, we only gave uh, $20 million in 1940, well, then that's going to make your figure sound way, way lower than what it actually is. Mm -hmm. You know, that's like a billion dollars in in today's money. So um, it's all going to be used in in today's money. So I went back and I just chose 1969 because I just wanted to get a nice round 50 years of data. Um, Sounds like a good good place to start. Yeah. Yeah. Let's just get that information and see what we got. But all that, all the way to 1969, it totals about $1.8 trillion dollars. How big is a trillion? A trillion's pretty big. Um, in reference, you know, we did this thing in our in our presentation last weekend. But in reference, you know, in inches, uh, one million inches would take you fifteen miles. So just imagine, like, what's fifteen miles away from your house? So that's one million inches put together. So one trillion inches will actually take you to the moon and back 33 times. It's over 15 million miles. Yeah, that's how different a trillion is from a million. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a lot. It's, it's really a lot. So we have given $1.8 trillion that would have otherwise been in our economy. It would have otherwise been in the hands of private individuals who were seeking value and making investments and creating innovations. Uh, we've given $1.8 trillion to other governments. And so today I put an article on goodmorningliberty.us, and it's on our Facebook page also if you want to see it. But we just went through. uh, I named eight things that we could have done with that money. So we could have picked one of these things and done that. And I just listed eight different possibilities. And some of these are are pretty crazy. So so we're going to go into the numbers. But remember, um, instead of giving that $1.8 trillion to other governments, what if the government had just been putting that into a savings account the whole time to, that they could use whenever it was necessary? So we're going to approach all these conversations from, from that standpoint, that instead of giving it to other people, it's just gone into this nice little bank account that they're ready to spend at a, at a moment's notice. And none of this means this is what we should do. Oh, yeah. These it's, just, are... it's just examples of what that amount of money could have done. Yeah, it's just important to know how much, yeah, just how much money that is, what it could have done. And yeah, like Charlie said, which I said several times in the article, I'm not saying that we should do these things with tax money. Um, But it is important to know what could have been done. And number one is that with that $1.8 trillion, we could just go ahead and give 
$26 million, $26 million to every homeless veteran that there is. There's a lot of homeless veterans out there. There's mm-hmm. about 67,000 homeless veterans on the streets in the U.S. right now. So that uh, $1.8 trillion divided by 67000 well, that comes out to $26.6 million per person that we could give. Now, that's a lot of money to give per person. Right. So you wouldn't even have to maybe just gave him each a million dollars. You know, I don't, I don't know what it is. And then you'd have tons of other money to spend on things. It's a bunch left over. Yeah. A lot left over mm-hmm. after that. So that's what we could have done with that money. Instead, we gave it to people in other countries while some of our homeless veterans, uh, people who fought for all the freedoms that we enjoy here, uh, they're just living on the streets. So I hope, I hope that was worth it. Mm-hmm. Uh, number two, if you're into this kind of thing, uh, we could build that border wall. We could build the wall on the Mexican border. Actually, not only could we build that wall, we could build another wall on the Canadian border, and then we could put 12 walls behind each one of those walls. No one's ever getting through that. <laughs> no one's ever going to get through. Yes, we could build 25 we just walls. build the walls on top of each other. We could, <laughs> we could all of them. Just, yeah. That'd be so tall. You'd Such have a, 13... Um, well, how tall are the walls? Like 20-foot walls? Um, at least. I, I hope they are. Yeah. You could have the biggest barrier ever. That'd be really big. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and Mexico will pay for it. So, <laughs> we could have we built 25 walls. Now, that's using the, the budget estimates. So just so you know, the um, conservative estimates are $21.6 billion to build to wall, the wall. Which, just so you know, is uh, laughable. The government doesn't do anything for $21.6 billion, Mm. especially not a nearly 2,000-mile-long border wall across several states over a long period of time. Like, that's not going to take $21.6 billion. Not even close. No. Uh, So the Democrats came out, as Democrats always do, and they said, hey, your budget's – you're way under budget on that. (laughs) You know, they're they're like, we need to be realistic and talk about what this is actually going to cost. They did that with Obamacare. (laughs) Yeah, I'm sure they did. Yeah, they did. Yeah, they do it with Medicare for All and everything, right? Right. No, but on this, Democrats chose to come out and say, well, you know, that's that's a little underestimated. It's actually going to cost about $70 billion to build the wall. Which is probably still too low, but – Probably still too low. Um but anyway, if you're into that kind of thing, with that $70 billion that the Democrats estimated, we could build 25 walls. So I guess at the Republican estimates, we could build 75 walls, yeah. something like that. It's a lot of walls. Mm-hmm. You know, No one's ever getting in. No, we could start building walls around each state, too, if the Republicans <laughs> want to get into that. You right. know? I, I don't know. Nobody's getting in. <laughs> Guys, we're but, not uh, saying that we should put a whole bunch of money towards the wall. Also, nobody's getting out. <laughs> <laughs> That's the problem with Just those so walls, you know. You know? Yeah. They're on both, you know, there's a wall in either direction. Right. You know, that's the issue. No getting in or out. I'm not sure if I'm up to building our very own state-of-the-art prison for everyone to live in. Right. You know, that seems to be what people want, by the way. You know, if you think about it, at the end of the day. It's very strange. They want all their meals taken care of. They want a wall around the place that they're in. They want to be able to watch TV and a bed to sleep in and healthcare whenever they need it. And just a lot of other friends that are the in the exact same boat that they're in. Yeah. People just want to live in a prison. Basically. That's all, that's all it is. What's that system of a down song? They're trying to build a prison. They're trying to build <laughs> a prison. It's called a prison song. That's what, trying to build what a prison that's called. For you and me to live in. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I mean, really. If it's you, so true. If you were to talk to people on, on the left side of the ideology i mean they're they're just the absolute best place to live in the world would would be a prison 
So except they don't want a wall. That's the only thing. They yeah, don't. yeah, no walls. That's true. That's true. A wallless prison. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So that was number two. Number three. Um, you know, we talked about the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation on one of our episodes uh, a few episodes ago, and it's not like I'm just I love Bill Gates or anything. I mean, I've, he's obviously a very instrumental figure in our everyday lives, yeah. considering the things he did with Microsoft. Um, but they're the pioneers of uh, efficiency yeah. and vision. I mean, they've got this Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation where they are um, curing diseases in Africa. They've nearly eradicated polio. It's gone to it's gone down to like forty reported cases this year of polio in Africa. So I mean, down from th- th- tens of thousands to hundreds of thousands around the world. I think and, it's more than just go. Africa, right? Um, that's worldwide polio. World. Yeah, no, the that's whole worldwide. Yeah, that's like the whole thing in the like, whole world, like prestige. But really, there were only about three countries that polio was still popping up in, and yeah. Ni- Nigeria was the biggest one, and that's where they were working in. You missed my joke. Uh-huh. I'm sorry. I said like oh, prestige. Say, say prestige, yeah, worldwide. <laughs> um. So anyway, the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. They're doing some. Some really great stuff. Whether you like Bill Gates or not, he's taken all that money he made off of Microsoft, and he's putting it to really good, really efficient use. He's also uh, he has helped reinvent nuclear technology and made it in a way that I know a lot of people won't believe this, but he's made it in a way that um, is honestly safe, as safe or safer than the current energy that we have right mm-hmm. now. So you'd have to watch his do- his documentary on that on Netflix called Inside Bill's Brain to understand how safe it is. Um, but he's also reinvented nuclear technology. And if you're a fan of doing something to help the environment, if you think that's an issue, or if you think that climate change is a possibility, that maybe it's a bad thing to be putting carbon into the atmosphere, then nuclear is about your only economically viable option right now everything else is crazy expensive they talk about solar panels and they forget the they forget to mention how many resources would have to go into making the solar panels let alone the fact that we don't have the battery technology to store the energy from the solar panels and they're going to take up a ton of land space so nuclear technology is very cheap it's cheaper than the energy we even have right now um, and it's something that is actually possible. And Bill Gates was able to reinvent that technology using this money. Now, they do this on a budget of about $4 billion a year. And that's the high estimate, by the way. That's like their high estimate wow. per year. So that's enough. Well, I do want – did the nuclear – did, did TerraPower get their – um, their startup costs from the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. Um, I don't know how much money he put into it. Um, okay. I don't. I don't know what the exact. I think that would be a separate investment. So, right? well, but I, I think his foundation owns a, a large portion of Terra. Remember, oh, okay. I was saying all those companies, yes. the foundation actually owns a portion of. Ah. Uh, Terra Power is one of them. So I, I don't know how much of their budget he contributed. Um, I'm sure there are, there are other investors in that as well. Um, so he's been able to do all of this on a budget of four billion dollars per year. Now with this money that we've given to foreign governments around the world, uh, you could actually run the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation for a little over 400 years. Hmm. Yeah. Now, in the last 20 years, he's been able to eradicate a major disease in Africa, and he's moving towards malaria and solving all kinds of other problems. He's done that in 20 years. The four major communicable diseases. Yeah. So he's trying to eradicate all of those around the world uh, and solve our energy problems. So... um, he would be able to run that. Now he wouldn't be able to unless he invented, you know, 
being able to live forever. Yeah. Um, but people will be able to run that foundation for a little over 400 years. Well, he doesn't need to live forever then, just 400 years. Yeah, no, that's true. <laughs> that's true. That, that's all he needs to get to, get it to. Yeah. Um, yeah, so anyway, instead, just so you know, it must have been a lot better idea to give a lot of that money to other governments around the world for them to do with whatever, whatever they wanted to. So that was number three. Um, number four... This is this is honestly the most fair thing to do. Uh-huh. Um, we could give every single adult in the U.S. seven thousand two hundred dollars. That's an economic stimulus package. Yeah, look at that. <laughs> now that's you know that's not a ton of money. That's that's not going to change anyone's. Well, I say it won't change anyone's life, but actually, a lot of people yeah. getting seven grand w- really would change the course of their immediate future for sure that would pay for my upcoming surgery yeah there you go surgery paid for yeah pay off a lot of bills maybe it'll get someone a car who's walking to work or not going to work right now maybe you know there's all kinds of things people maybe they're going to be able to pay their rent and not get evicted or something like that it really could change someone's life and you You could could get a couple gucci belts you know i've seen people walking (laughs) around with those uh, gucci belts and i figured out well i found out from my for my girlfriend the other day that those belts are five hundred dollars yeah I think I would be able to pay my Tesla payment for about 10 months. And that would be a (laughs) life life changing situation right there for sure. That's what I would do with it. Uh, I'm just saying you can do whatever you want with the money. You know, it's your money anyway. And that that is, they took from you. That is the most fair option out of all of these. Yeah. I would say give give the money back, give it back to the people that you took it from. Yeah. So from from whence you took, from whence thou (laughs) was taken. Um, If if you so if you had taken that one point eight trillion and put it into a savings account, then you could actually just distribute that money through all the people and do that. So now let's say we had the savings account with the one point eight trillion in it that we didn't give to other foreign governments. Number five, we could give two point eight million dollars to every single homeless person in America. Now, if you've ever had an incentive for becoming homeless, that's one of them right there. Yeah. yeah. You know, <laughs> once again, I'm not saying that we should do that. We're just no. talking about the scope of this money. What could have been done with that money? Think about the, the tents they'll be able to buy with that. Yeah, I actually calculated um, they could live uh, they could live 40 years uh, making $71,000 a year if you gave them that amount of money. So basically all of these homeless people will be able to live more than likely the remainder of their lives, unless they're really young homeless people. Um, I think on average that number would hold up. Um, these people will be able to live the rest of their lives making seventy thousand dollars a year and just never need to be productive in society whatsoever. <laughs> so, <laughs> maybe they would be though. Yeah, may, maybe they would. Yeah, maybe they, I'm sure they would. I'm. I'm. That was a. That that's was not a, a nice thing to but say. But that's impressive, though. You know that we have what 630,000 homeless people in the United States which yeah. by the way is not that is not many compared to a country of 330 million people yeah yeah <clears throat> to have less than uh well 330 million 600 like yeah even a million people would be what 0.6% of the population uh 1 million would be one I don't know. Put me on the spot right now. One divided by 330. If you guys want to comment in with some math tutorials, then we would really Just appreciate that. Just one divided by 330? Now I want to know what the actual number is. Oh, okay. So point, yeah. point six seven point six three divided by 330. That'll give you the percentage of the population. Percentage of the population homeless would be 0.1% of the population. 0.1%. 0.1%. Homeless. That's 630,000 divided by 330 yeah. million. So a tenth, a tenth of a percent. Yeah. 
It's not a big homeless population, by the way. No. Now, there are people that are homeless and need help. That's obvious. Uh, but we live in a very rich country. That's we do. ridiculous. We do. Yeah, I mean, there are a lot of other countries who have less people um, total and would have more people homeless than Right. That. So not saying that these people don't need some kind of help or that there's nothing that yeah, we couldn't do to help them. Do. They need, you know, another chance, another shot in life. Obviously, they do. Um this is just a nice little uh, way to think about it. All this money we've given to other governments, we could have given them each $2.8 million. Hmm. Yeah. So that would be see. nice. I, I don't, I, you know, I don't think a lot of them would turn that down. No. To tell you the truth. Um, it would be a country with no homeless. <laughs> number six, uh, we could actually pay off every single overdue medical bill in the country. That's that's pretty good, right? Yeah. Actually, we could do that for the next 20 years. So all the ones all the overdue medical bills that are coming up. Yeah. Now the problem is, which I noted to in the article, is that this would incentivize leaving your medical bills to become overdue if that if that yeah, were the of case. Course. So once again, this is not a policy proposal. We're just trying to show the scope of this. So as far as medical bills go, on average for people who have overdue medical bills, it's $1,766 per person and that goes for about 43 million people. So that number uh, would come out to about $80 billion. And if you paid $80 billion, you would pay off every overdue medical bill in the country. And that would still leave you, remember, we're talking about $1.8 trillion, So that would still leave you with $1.72 trillion at that point in time. So, it takes uh, the government about uh, 50, 60 days to spend $80 billion? Yeah. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Maybe that much. I'm not sure. Yeah. <laughs> well, they spend up almost two billion a day. Yeah. Right. Um, well, actually, our debt goes up by three point four billion a day. So oh. I think they actually spend a lot more than that. Well, I'm way off. Yeah, it's about five hundred oh, million. Wait, we borrow. Mm. We borrow almost two million a yeah. minute. It's twelve billion. It's twelve billion per day. We spend five hundred million per hour. Is is what the country does. So uh, it's twelve billion per day. So that number it would take them about what four. Uh, no wait, yeah, like six, eight days, yeah, something six, like that. seven days. So and then and then all that money would be gone. So right, yeah, then it wouldn't be anything. It would just be wasted out there into oblivion, probably on you know fine champagne and Air Force One flights and crap like that. <laughs> you know the amount of money that you're going to pay your entire life on taxes is not enough to pay for the food that's going to be served uh, at the next White House dinner. If you want to think about that, think about all the money that's about to be taken from you and that has been taken from you for your entire life. That's not even enough money to pay for the next White House dinner. It sounds like I should run for president. Yeah. Just no more White House dinners. Yeah. <laughs> Cut that cost right there. Exactly. Right. Um, yeah. So we have the overdue medical bills. Uh, we could also remember there was a lot left over right there. So what we could actually do is number seven. We could pay off all of the overdue medical bills right now. And every single student loan with that money, with the money that we've given to other countries. And that's one thing that the, the left likes to push. Bernie Sanders and Elizabeth Warren, they want to forgive all student loan debt yeah. where it currently sits. Yeah. So, so just as a note, the money that we have given to foreign governments around the world would be enough to pay off all the student loans and all the yeah. overdue medical bills. The student loans are about $1.56 trillion. Um, for each thing we have to stipulate, this is not a policy proposal. What should actually be done is we should fix the reason that so many people are going into student loan debt. Right. That needs to happen. 
Um, but just on the scope of how much money we've given other countries, that's one of the things. And then the last thing, we could actually pay off all of the credit card debt in the United States and still have like another $800 billion left over to do with. So we could do it twice. Yeah. Almost. We, yeah. We could do it twice. Um, we could do that and then pay off all the overdue medical bills also and then pay off a good portion of the student loan debt. Uh, so the credit card debt's something around a trillion dollars. I found a lot of estimates that were actually, it was right at $800 billion. And I was like you, I've heard it a lot higher than mm-hmm. that before. So I went with a trillion. If it was $800 billion, though, we could pay it off twice and then still have <clears throat> $200 billion left over. Yeah, yeah, the, to pay off the overdue medical bills. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> yeah, so. Twice. Yeah, twice. <laughs> Just, listen, listen to how much money this is. And then we could build a wall still. Did we? Yeah, we could still build a wall <laughs> at that point in time. We could do almost everything on this list. This is the this is the point. That that was the list. This is money that's been taken from the American people and given to people around the world. It's been taken from us forcefully Not without even our given consent. To people around the world. No, it should it's be given, given to their governments. governments yeah, the, that's it. Like this is the problem. This is what the government does eventually when you allow them the right just a little bit. You know, if you give them an inch, they'll take a mile. If you give a mouse a cookie, he'll want a glass of milk. Uh, you, you know, give them a dollar, they'll take one point eight trillion. Yeah, if, I don't. Think, yeah, exactly. <laughs> if you give them the right to take something a, li- a little bit, then they're going to take about one point eight trillion of that. So, this is what we. This is why we argue for limited government all the time, and you know, it's why we're libertarians. It's why we talk about you know trying to find a way to eliminate taxation, especially the income tax. You, you know, know, no one's talking about this either. No. No, I mean, a few people are talking. I saw um, Thomas Massey post about what you know. Why are we giving this money to people in the first place? Um, so I've seen a couple like more you know, libertarian leaning people like that post about it. But you, you know, it's crazy though. No one on the left talks about this. They're always like, "Why are we giving tax cuts to billionaires?" Yeah, the only one of, I instead <clears throat> of like you know with the tax cuts to billionaires, we could have paid off student loan debt. Well, it's like not even like you're giving. You're just taking less money from from people and then saying that you could have used that money that you would have taken from them. Yeah. Instead of like the money we've actually already taken and given to foreign governments, we could do all, all the things you want. Yeah. The only one I ever hear them mention is Israel. That's the only one I ever hear anyone on the left mention that we shouldn't be giving money to. All the other ones are fine. Yeah. Which I, which I, (laughs) yeah, everyone else is fine, but which I, which I agree with, you know, Mm -hmm. Israel's not a poor country. Um, we, if you believe in this country that people should stand up on their own and have their own productivity and live on their own earnings and and everything like that, like why are you so strongly argue for us to be subsidizing people on the other side of the world, regardless of what country they're in? Right. You know, I, it just the argument doesn't make any sense to me. It doesn't and, hold no water. Nope, that boat don't float. <laughs> A dog don't hunt. All right. Well, what else you got? <laughs> well, <laughs> I don't really these have. Colors don't run. These. Co- <laughs> uh, let's keep thinking of some really good ones while uh, I'm looking for the comment because we're going to do an addition of comment section immediately following the posting of this article on our Facebook today. Yeah, we got your stereotypical response from an avid Trump supporting Republican. Actually, I don't know that he's a Trump supporter. I just know that he's obviously a Republican due more to his than comment. Likely. I yeah. bet he drives a Ford truck. He probably drives a Ford more than likely. Um, has a couple guns, which is fine. Which is fine nowadays. That's cool. But this was his comment. This was the comment. 
on this article where I talked about how much money we have given the foreign governments over the last 50 years. This is, this is this guy's response. He said, that's Democrats for you. That's what he said. So that's Democrats. Hmm. Um, here's, the, here's, here's the problem. I was talking about that amount of money over the last 50 years. During that time, during those 50 years, we had a Republican president for 30 of those years so far. So 30 of the years, 30 of the 50, we had a Republican president, and this guy's immediate response is, that was the Democrats' fault. And it's not even it's not even a president's fault anyway. Yeah. Because because the budget and foreign aid is all delegated by Congress. Yeah, now, anyway. the, now the president shouldn't sign ridiculous budgets exactly. all the time. Exactly, yeah. But uh, they do allocate that money. So, you know, this is a problem with a lot of people where they just have this party— this party first mentality kind of thing, you know, this, I couldn't have laid it out any more plainly that this was, these were statistics over 50 years. And somehow this person still chose to blame the Democrats for this problem. And I'm not saying the Democrats aren't responsible for some of it, maybe even a majority of it. Uh, I don't know. Even half of it. I didn't look at each president year over year and see which one. I know we gave uh, a ton during the Bush administration to Iraq and all the other countries we we were destroying so we could rebuild the places that we were bombing. Mm -hmm. So I I know that we did that. But, you know, these people look at this problem that's a result of both parties really just moving towards more and more government all the time. And they immediately blame it on the other party. And that's a really, really dangerous mentality to have you know it shows why it's so easy for us to move towards more government and towards socialism and towards the left all the time because even the people on the right who are supposed to be pulling us back towards that direction they don't hold true to their principles either they they're really just supporting their party Mm -hmm. that's that's really all they're doing and if their party grew the government you know people always say obama doubled the debt Whose debt did he double? The, you're 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 Bushes. saying Obama doubled doubled the debt. Whose debt? B- Bush's debt. George right. W. Bush's debt. All the wars. Meaning Obama put in the same debt that Bush put in. Yet your talking point is that Obama doubled the debt. Yeah. You know that's a that's a which problem. is a bad thing. It's it is a bad thing. Right. But you should apply these principles evenly. Right. You know, is there something you could say to people to get them to do that? I don't know. Well, think about when you watch your favorite football team. I mean, do they make mistakes? You know, like yeah. the Cowboys. We're, we're pretty big Cowboys fans, and they played the Saints uh, Sunday night. And they they looked amazing. <laughs> Nothing was their fault. Yeah, perfect they, game. Uh, they they should have won that. The Saints stole it from them. <laughs> it was the ref's fault. Like, come on, guys. If you're watching your favorite football team, uh, the Cowboys coughed up three turnovers. You know what it reminds me it's, of? It's like... Your favorite team can still make mistakes. Like maybe you're Republican to the core, but they can still make a lot of mistakes that you should hold them accountable to. Listen, we're both guilty of this. We're both guilty. When you're watching the football game and just say the other team's on offense and they go to run a play and you're screaming at the TV, that's holding. That's holding. Look at that. And then, of course, when your team's on offense, they never how hold. how often are you screaming holding at right. the TV? Yeah. You know you're not looking for it. 
You're not applying. You know, you should be just. A, it's like the crowd always boos when there's a penalty on the home team. Right. You know, but they're always really happy when it's a penalty on the other team <laughs> for doing the same thing. It's it, that's the. That's the analogy right there. We're so there. tribal. It's it's just the way that it is, I guess. But even, you know, us, like as football fans, we don't apply that evenly. If we see some pass interference on, on one of our guys, we're like, oh, well, good. I'll take it. Glad he got away with that. That's awesome. You know? Yeah. But then when we see the other team do it, you know, you're likely to get a shoe through the front of the TV. <laughs> you know? So You stole my Super Bowl hopes. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like it's like that I meant it's it's even speaking of Super Bowl hope, hopes if that would have happened to the Saints um you know if the if the exact opposite would have happened to the Rams earlier in the game uh, in the previous year or yeah just talking about last year where the Saints were screwed out of going to the Super Bowl by the refs if that would have happened to the Rams earlier in the game I doubt the Saints would still be talking about it they right now they wouldn't be upset no i don't mm. think they'd be that upset right now right so it's that kind of mentality. Unfortunately, this is playing out on a um, really, really important level, which yeah. is um, really big scale. Yeah, economics and your money being taken from your paycheck, and uh, you know, foreign aid and and wars and the Libertarian corruption. Party gets interfered, interfered with all the time. <laughs> yeah, of course they do. There's always holding. <clears throat> yeah, it's like if you know if if you're a uh, if you were a Clinton supporter and they did what they did to Bernie Sanders in 2016, you're like, oh well, yeah, yeah, that's. That's all right. That's all right. Yeah. But now, if you're like a if you're like a Andrew Yang supporter, and they're doing the same thing to him, you're like, oh, this is bullcrap. I can't believe they do this to people. Right. You know, it's just it's that tribal mentality. It is. It's your team mentality. All the we time. have to get out of that. We do. I don't know how to do that. Um, it's a difficult job. It's really you know it's that conversation that we have about uh, would you okay so you want this person to be able to. You love Bernie Sanders, so you want him to be able to control the healthcare system, and you want him to be able to control all the businesses inside of the economy, and you want him to be in control of what we do about climate change. And so you're okay with him having all of that, right? Well, who's going to be the president after him? And if you can't answer that question, which, uh, spoiler alert, you can't answer that question, then you have a really, really terrible mentality and a, a terrible plan for running the country because you're talking about putting every single thing in the hands of a guy that you trust and president right now but you don't know if donald trump's going to have that and that same conversation can go for it should have gone towards republicans who loved george w bush you know mm-hmm. oh you want him to be able to tap phones at any point in time you know you want him to be able to start wars anywhere without congressional approval you know okay well what happens when Obama's president and they're able to do this, you know, because all the powers that they gave George W. Bush, the problem is he was only there for eight years and then the next guy's in office and they hated the next guy. I want to say you brought up a good point though, if I could deviate real yeah. quick because you said tapping phones. Yeah. When the scandal came out uh, about the NSA collecting our data um, and the intelligence community and whole collecting our data, I remembered a speech from Obama where he said they're not doing any wire tapping which technically they weren't really doing wire tapping. Like they weren't listening to the actual phone calls. Yeah. They were just collecting all the other metadata and everything, which, which actually tells more of a story anyway. But it's funny how, when he gave that speech, he was, you know, talking to the older crowd because they remember, you know, phone and wire tapping back, you know, from the eighties with Nixon and all that. And so it's like, they were, they were choosing their words very carefully 
to say like, oh, well, we weren't wiretapping. Yeah. It's like that you're still collecting records. <laughs> well, what people don't understand about, oh, we're just collecting metadata. Um, what do you think when you talk into a phone, what do you think happens for that to come out to the other end of the other phone? You know, do you think that literally just the sound of your voice is in like a little box and it somehow floats over to the other? No, it's converted into a bunch of numbers. The sound of your voice is. And then it's sent through a satellite, and those numbers are sent back into the other phone, and then those numbers are converted into what your voice sounds like. Mm -hmm. Like, that's technically what happens. And so when they talk about collecting metadata, oh, we're not recording phone calls or anything, we're just collecting the data. There's nothing saying that that data is not the script and the numbers that create the phone call itself, the actual audio. You know, audio, is it's just an electrical symbol uh, electrical impulses sent into a speaker and converted out to that sound based on the vibrations that the, anyway, um, yeah. you know, that's all that audio is. It's, it's not as if your actual, that sound itself traveled through the wire and it carried all the way through the wire and out there. That's not right. what happens. It's a, it's an electrical transfer that it's just a bunch of numbers being converted into a sound. And it's very basic form. <clears throat> yeah. A bunch of numbers. Yeah. Yep. Like very basic form. Yeah. That's what's and, happening right now. And so when you, yeah, literally what's happening right now, do you guys really think that our voice has traveled into your phone? Yeah. <laughs> no, these microphones in this computer are freaking magic. They're converting the sound of our voices into a, lo- a lot of numbers. The amazing sound. That a computer can read. And then those numbers are sent to your phone and your phone translates those into the sound of our voices. And that's awesome. It's great that they Maybe can do that. Maybe not your phone specifically. No, There's actually, a lot of the, things... the, the app trans, translates yeah, yeah. it into that. Yeah, the sorry. software behind the, the app. The file, whatever, yeah. the MP3 file, all that. Yes. I know. I'm just trying to say it in the simplest form right. possible. I know that's not the literal thing that happens. But anyway, so when they say we're just collecting metadata, like who says, I mean, <sighs> that can just be them trying to pull one over on you when they say, oh, we're not re- but also, recording I mean, the phone calls. Well, and that, and but also <clears throat> metadata too, you have to think like, there's other data that gets um, created based on your actions that you do on a computer or a phone or anything like that that you don't actually um, contribute to. Yeah. So, like, the time of your phone call, who you called, uh, where you called from. Yeah. Like when you're sending emails, like, who you sent the email to. Like, every you... photo photo has that kind of metadata behind yes. it. Yes. You can, you can literally mm. see the location where the photo was taken. You can, yeah, and you can go look all... You can download that entire script and read through it. It's creepy. Yeah. You can actually click on a photo right now and be able to do that. If on you, Facebook. If you want to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. As long as they have the location sharing thing on. Yeah, I guess if they have you their... you can hide that. If they have uh, their locations off when they're taking photos, and that's, that's not going to do it. So... Anyway. But, it still, but it still creates that field, by the way. You can hide it from regular people seeing it, but they have ways of getting it mm, in the, in okay. the, in the okay. background. I got you. And I know we're getting kind of technical here, yeah. but it's a really interesting thing to think about. Uh, if any of you guys out there are computer savvy people, you know exactly what we're talking about. If you're not uh, technical at all, what you need to know is that uh, what they're able to collect can tell almost every aspect of your life, Yeah. by the way. That's all you really need to know. Yep. <laughs> and so it's important that we don't allow them to do that. How's uh, Snowden's new book, by the way? So good. <laughs> I found out the uh, federal government suing him. Oh, yeah. He didn't get permission to release the book. Oh, okay. <laughs> and it's called, I love the title, it's called Permanent Record. 
It's like, yeah, I'm just putting all this out there on permanent record. Nice. There's nothing they can do about it now. It's out there. It's out there. Audio version, printed. Can't burn that book. Nope. So burn it. Anyway, um, so the point behind this is, you know, I guess we were talking about this comment in this guy only blaming one party. You know, just remember that both parties do bad things all the time, Mm -hmm. you know, and remember that any power that you give one political party you're also giving that power to the next person that's in office. You're not giving the power to George W. Bush. You're giving that power to the president of the United States. And whoever fills that office later is going to have it. Just like you're not giving power to Bernie Sanders to do all these things. You're giving the power to the president of the United States. And then whoever comes after him will have that control over those organizations also. So that's why you have to remain principle when it comes to these political conversations all the time, because it's not always going to be your guy that's in office. That's that's not what's going to happen. There will be political swings back and forth. That's how our country is built, by the way. Uh, I believe our government was set up specifically so the government could not por- perform a lot of these major tasks like this. Um, I think the way that we have it set up where you're switching out every two, four, six years is so they can't take on really big projects. And so they can't control the entire economy. It was done on purpose. It was done on purpose. You can't make a long-term plan off of someone who's going to be in office for four or eight years. You just can't do that. Oh, you're going to give it to Congress? Well, okay, they're only in office for two years or maybe six if they're in the Senate, you know? So what they do is they set up agencies that we don't elect. Exactly. And we have no control over, (laughs) and they can delegate their own people to uh, make up laws, which they deem regulation because... Words have no meaning, and they can do whatever they want, and that's exactly what they do. Yeah, so, I mean... But why do we even talk about this stuff? Because what it does ultimately is you lose freedom. Yep. You lose freedom for um, for this veil of pretend security, and it doesn't exist. It just, you just lose a little bit at a time. That's how they do it. Mm -hmm. Just a little bit. They get you to compromise on one little thing at a time. And then one little compromise a year adds up to 250 compromises since we started the country. I don't know exactly how many it is, but you know that, and that's a lot. And that's how it's added up to where it's at right now. They just get you to take a little bit, just take a little bit at a time. The, the liberals have been really good at this. By the way, they they know that you'll give a little bit at a time. Mm-hmm. That ideology knows that people will give that up over time. We should flip the script. To we get should it, to get it back. We should. That's the issue. You know, libertarians. I have an issue with like the. Um, I might make some people mad here, but like the all or nothing libertarians. Like we have to get, we have to get a true, you know, exactly the the manifestation of libertarian ideology in the president or there's no point at all well, but i say they they do have a point though because i think we should propose yeah the 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 uh what would you say the the ridiculous you know what sounds ridiculous proposals yeah, of I mean, full libertarianism for they, instance the second amendment yeah like i heard people say oh well you know should the citizens really have like weapons of war, like nuclear bombs and, or I, I always say that word incorrectly, atom bombs or hydrogen bombs. Should the citizens actually have that? And most people would say no, but I say, 
let's make a proposal that we should, <laughs> and then we'll compromise. I wouldn't be able to. And get, we'll move the direction back in our favor. I wouldn't be able right? to get behind the proposal for nuclear bombs. To, I know, to but people. like the left's like do it. the left's the left's always like, well, we want a hundred percent taxation. And yeah. You know, the other everybody else will say, "Oh, well, we'll settle for forty percent." Yeah, like, well, they still won. Yeah, we, they, they we, the, we compromised on their side. Yep. Right. So the people that advocate for more government versus people who advocate for less, like, let's introduce a bill that closes government completely, <laughs> and, then and get they, get them the compromise. And get towards them the compromise our towards our side. Yeah. You know, like no, let's make crazy proposals. No, I mean it's. I agree. It's important for all of these sides to exist. I'm not saying that they there shouldn't be all or nothing libertarians. Or I, we were talking to some ANCAPs this weekend, and I told them, you know, I, maybe I'm not completely behind just going around talking straight up ANCAP all the time to people because I don't I don't think that will which make is, it very far. Which is anarcho capitalism. Yeah. So anarchy, a yeah. capitalistic version of anarchy. But I do think that that's important to exist because you need people pulling us in that direction, just like for the left. It's important for Bernie Sanders and AOC to exist, even if you're like a moderate Democrat. You see, people like Bernie Sanders existing has helped the moderate Democrats because we continuously will compromise towards Bernie Sanders' direction. Mm -hmm. And so that's how it's so important to have— It's like you have these magnetic poles. Yeah. That's why it's so important to have someone like Ron Paul out there talking. Um, We're losing the tug-of-war battle. (laughs) We are. We're pulling in that direction. Yes. For sure. For sure. But, you know, on the all-or-nothing libertarian thing, I would just say, like I just said, you make one compromise in over 250 years, that's how you get here. We have to make those small compromises back in our direction. It's not all going to come at once, and I don't even know if it should all come at once. Uh, so if you want to go back in that direction, we have to be okay with starting to make compromises in that direction. I'm not saying compromises away from it, but at least going towards that direction. If that like means— if you're, So, for instance, you're the president, right? But you believe in zero taxation and they pass a bill because you're fighting for zero and they're like, oh, well, we got it down to 10 percent. Like even if you are an anarcho-capitalist president that believes in zero taxation, you should still sign that bill. Yeah. Because that moves us in the direction towards zero percent. Yeah. So that's the that's the compromise. Like you're not compromising your beliefs at all. But what you're doing is you you're accepting the fact that hey we're still moving in the direction that we ultimately want to go, yeah. And that's something that people who advocate for more government are really good at. They're really good at saying well, that's not exactly what we want, but it's closer, so we'll take it. Yeah. And then eventually, fifty years down the road, yeah, they get what they want. And since we don't seem to make those compromises, fifty years down the road, we're not any closer to what right. we want at all. Like people that want more government want to get rid of all guns. Yeah. And they've got they've made it to where a Republican president has done more damage to the Second Amendment than any almost any other president has ever done. Well, yeah, certainly more than Hillary Clinton might have gotten done. (laughs) Definitely. He's uh, done more than Obama did for sure. Uh, His regulations on banning, banning things. So anyway, um, I think I think we rounded out the idea that we should not give foreign aid to other countries. Stop giving, and by the way, the foreign aid that I mean is your money. I don't think that we should be doing that. So over that span of time, that $1.8 trillion that we've given, 
Just so you know, if that would have also been invested into the stock market during that time, it would be $3.4 trillion today. And all of those numbers that we said would be double, all of those. Hmm. So um, that's what it could have done in the private market, let alone all of the innovations and things that could have happened if that money just would have been left in the hands of the people, which is where it should have been the whole time. So, you know, stop giving it to other countries. We could have cooler cooler things in podcasts. We could. Right now. Yeah. I don't, I don't know what well, we would. We don't. We don't know what could have been invented. But that's the cool thing about the market. You just don't even know what would be yeah. invented right now. It's the unseen. Maybe you wouldn't even have to eat anymore. Like, <laughs> just your body would be fueled somehow. Maybe you wouldn't gain weight from eating yeah. at all. Yeah, that'd you know, be, just, that'd be just no nice. way. Who knows? Yeah. I don't know. Anyway, we'll keep speculating to, off uh, air. <laughs> if you want to join the good fight, go to goodmorningliberty.us or a uh, better link actually is gmlconnect.com. That's gmlconnect.com. That gives you all the links to everything that we're doing. Facebook, Instagram, we're doing a gun giveaway um, according to the laws in your respective states. And so uh, sign up for that. We're also, we have a Facebook group that we started. Uh, that call, It's called Liberty Minded uh, Changes. Solutions. Liberty Minded Solutions. Yep. Um, I didn't create it, obviously. I made Nate do it. <laughs> um, Liberty Minded Solutions. And so sign up for that Facebook group. I've seen some people sign up for it. It's a private group, and we're going to be discussing, um, you know, liberty-minded solutions for meaningful change, by the way. So sign up for that. Uh, so GML Connect, you can go to our shop, by the way, if you want to support what we're doing. And all that money goes directly to uh, our pockets. And <laughs> what our pockets do is to serve the message of liberty. Yep. And so you guys can do that by, uh, you know, wearing, wearing one of your favorite T-shirts if you order that or BernieLies.com mugs. Uh, and then you can go to BernieLies.com or LizLies.com. That all redirects you back to all the goodness of you guys joining the fight to help us defeat communism. So um, you guys should do that. Where else can people get involved? Well, they need to follow us on Instagram, which is at Good Morning Liberty, on Twitter, at Good AM Liberty, and look us up on Facebook, Good Morning Liberty, and go to goodmorningliberty.us slash that's it. Don't go to the slash shop because Charlie already told you about yeah. that. Or just go to BernieLies.com and read some great articles on politics and economics. All right. You guys do all that. We'll be back again. Uh, we won't be here, actually, the next day. I might be. Uh, so Nate is going to bring you the good stuff. So uh, I hope you guys have a good day and a good morning, Liberty.